Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. Uh, we're kind of finishing up our series on Hidden Within. Uh, it's about Scripture memory for those of you who are new. And uh, it's, it's a book that you can get in the, in the foyer and follow along over the next 40 or so days. But I'm trying to motivate you through these sermons to want to memorize the Word of God. And the context I have in mind this morning to motivate you is the context of suffering. You can think about this world is filled with suffering. We can look at all the, the genocide atrocities throughout the years. We can look at the human rights abuses across the world. When I lived in Chicago, I would open up the Tribune on my phone just about every day to see the number of people that were shot and killed in Chicago the night before. In fact, we had a 19-year-old girl in our congregation who was murdered in Chicago because shootings were all over the place and the, and the pain and the suffering was real. And I know in our congregation this size, and I know some of your stories, that there's a lot of pain and suffering right here, right now. And I'm talking about several of you are dealing with some horrific, atrocious pain and trials, even at this moment. Some of you are even being kind of pushed back upon for your faith in Jesus from your, your children or even your grandchildren. And then there's a variety of you who are suffering in your bodies. Some of you are even suffering emotionally. I just want to free you up this morning to feel your pain to the extent that you feel it. And I do want to tell you this. You don't have to change it. This is not a sermon on how to change your suffering. Because most of you can't do anything about it anyway. It's just there. So don't think this is going to be some wonderful sermon on how you can get out of your suffering. It's not about that. This morning's message is going to be some encouragement. Encouragement to every single one of you that God is working for good even in the midst of your trials. God is working for your good even in the midst of suffering. And by the time that we're done today, I really hope that you can believe that. I know to hear that in the midst of the pain and the, and the struggle that you have, it's hard to understand and buy into that. But I'm hoping by the time we're done looking at His Word, you will indeed believe that and rejoice. Well, we're looking at Romans 8 this morning. It's our last time going through Hidden Within. This is part four. If you've missed the other parts, you can go get those online. As we finish up today, we're going to start a new book next week, and I'm, and I'm not going to tell you what book we're starting, and if I did tell you already, some of you probably already forgot it, so it's going to be this great surprise. <laughs> it's going to be a great surprise next week. But this morning, we're going to look about valuing the Word and our suffering so that we can root it deep so that when suffering comes your way, you can stand firm. So here's where we're going on Romans 8. Let me give you kind of an outline. Prayer, providence, and predestination. 
Professor Douglas Moo has this appropriate structure, and I'm going to share these with you. And I just want you to know, all I'm doing is preaching out of the Word. If you feel like, oh, I'm not so sure about that, just go to the Word and look at the Word. The words that I'm using are from the Word of God. Let me encourage you to study it because there may be some new ideas in here this morning, but they're for your good to encourage you in your trials. So let's start with number one, prayer. Specifically, God the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. Look at Romans 8. Romans 8, start in verse 26. Let's really study this morning. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. You ever go before the Lord in prayer and you're not sure what to pray? You can't figure out what it is you're supposed to be asking? It may be a time of trial or a time of confusion. And as the Word says right here, did you see it in verse 26? We do not know how to pray as we should. You're confused. Maybe you're feeling a lot of pain and weakness. You don't know what to pray. What should you do? Look at verse 26 again at the very end. It says, The Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. What does that mean? That the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Well, some will say that it's talking about speaking in tongues. But I don't think it's talking about speaking in tongues because not everyone has the gift of tongues, but everyone has the Holy Spirit interceding for them. So what does this mean that the Holy Spirit intercedes with groaning too deep for words? Well, maybe it means you you come before the Lord in prayer and you're internally groaning or you're externally groaning with your words. Oh, Lord, that's that's coming out of you. Well, maybe the Holy Spirit takes your groanings and communicates it in a prayer to the Father. Or, maybe the Holy Spirit just intercedes in silence. As it says right there, groanings too deep for words. Either way you look at it, the Holy Spirit is the one who prays when you do not know how to pray. Is this new teaching for you? The Holy Spirit Praise on your behalf to the Father? Can you believe that? That is amazing. Do you think the Holy Spirit knows how to pray for you better than you know how to pray for you? Yeah. Look at verse 27. Look what it says. It says, And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is but because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I love that. It says that God searches our hearts, which means He knows what you want to do. You want to obey Him. You want to do His will. And He sees your confusion. And so He sees that you're weak. And so He he prays for you. It says the mind of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So in your confusion and in your groaning and not knowing how to pray, get this, 
the Holy Spirit fills the gap. (laughs) The Holy Spirit intercedes for you on your behalf to the Father. And here's something that's really amazing. This is going to blow you away. God answers the prayer of God. God the Father answers the prayer of God the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing that this is in the Word of God? So that when we are struggling and when we have trials and we don't know how to pray, God the Father will answer the prayer of God the Holy Spirit. That is encouraging. But it gets better. Let's move on to providence. Providence, that God works all things for our good. Verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. This is an absolute promise that those who love God and are called according to His purpose, that the promise is is that God in His providence is going to work for your good. Do you understand the idea of providence? Do you know what that means? That God is sovereign and control of all that is happening, of all time. He's in complete and absolute control of all things that are good and all things that are bad. He's not morally responsible for evil. And in this context of suffering, we are told that God in His sovereign, absolute control in His providence is working for the good of the believer. He is working for your good. That is the hardest thing to actually believe when you're going through trials. There's lots of examples we could give, but you can think about the Old Testament. Joseph's, Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. Remember that? He went off into Egypt. And then God used all of that actually to spare the people of Israel. And Joseph said this in Genesis 50.20. As for you... You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result, to preserve many people alive. So God took the evil and used it for good. Now, here's the difficult thing. We don't always see how he does this, right? We don't always see how he's going to take what's happening in our lives and turn it into Good. Maybe we'll never see it in this lifetime. I want you to think more and more about Providence here, okay? My first church was in Santa Monica, California. And the name of our church in Santa Monica, California was this. Take a deep breath. The Christian and Missionary Alliance Church of Santa Monica, California. That was the name of our church. It was a real long name. And I thought, well, that's a long name. Let's change the name. And so we changed the name to simply providence that was the way the name of the church we switched it providence now get this after 106 years of existence god took our little church providence and in his providence it shut down after 106 years and when I go to the Word of God, somehow in some way that I don't understand that I was the last pastor of 20, 30, 40, 50 pastors there 
to pastor that church, and the word of God says that somehow, some way, I don't get that God is working for my good. It didn't seem good. How's that for a track record for a pastor? Your first church, you shut it down. And that's for my good. Somehow, some way. You see, I think this verse is really misunderstood because we seem to think, oh, God's working for my good means that if my husband leaves me, God's going to give me a better husband. Yeah? Or if I get fired at my job, God's going to give me a better job. A lot of people misunderstand and misapply this verse. It's not talking about that. So what do we mean by good? Look at verse 29. Verse 29 says, For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined, and here it is, to become conformed to the image of His Son. That's part of the good. God is using all this stuff that's happening to make you like Jesus. He has a a bigger goal. And one day you're going to have this glorified body and you're going to be free from sin when you're in heaven. That's the ultimate like Christ. But right now, He's conforming your character and making you more and more like Jesus in the midst of your trial. My favorite uh, professors that I like to read is R.C. Sproul. He's a great professor of, of many of you. He's taught you guys through his books. R.C. Sproul, he says to imagine it like this. Jesus walks in here and he, and he walks up here and he comes up to the pulpit and he looks at you and he says, I have good news for you. I promise that nothing bad will ever happen to you again. And Sproul says, that's what this verse is saying And it's saying that in a sideways manner. Which means that it doesn't downplay pain and suffering and trials in your life. And it's a sideways manner that this verse says that, that all of that stuff is for the purpose of conforming you to the image of His Son while you're here and on into eternity. So just know this, that when trials hit, pain hits, the horrific circumstances you're going through right now, that God is sovereign in control and He's got a plan. And part of that plan is working your heart and conforming you more and more to the image of His Son. Now, if you've not been listening at all so far, let me encourage you to pay attention to the remaining verses. This will be something that you may have never seen in the Bible before or ever heard of before. This is absolutely amazing. I'm going to read it and then explain it. Look at verses 29 and 30. Two verses. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Now, these two verses contain what has been called the golden chain. The golden chain. These are 
interlocking, unbreakable truths of God's Word. Foreknew, predestined, called, justified, glorified. Now, as we go through these, what I want to do is I want to put up an image that we're going to look at consistently. So let's look at this image consistently as we start with verse 29. It says, For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined. Now, those whom He foreknew. And I don't know if any of you have ever studied this word before, but what does it mean, this word foreknew? Anybody want to take a wild guess what foreknew means? What we all often think about foreknowledge is that like this. God looks into the future before the end of the world, before the world begins, and he looks ahead and he sees who is going to believe in him. And then when God in his foreknowledge sees who's going to believe, then he predestines them for salvation. Doesn't that sound great? That before the world begins, God looks out on the world and he sees who's going to believe in him, and then boom, he, he predestines them for salvation. Doesn't that sound great? It's not in the Bible. You'll not find any verses that say that. That's not what foreknowledge means here. Foreknowledge means at this point is the idea that God chooses in love beforehand. That's the Old Testament knowledge, uh, the idea of foreknowledge, that God chooses in love beforehand. Let me give you an example of this. The prophet Jeremiah. I know many of you have read this verse before. Jeremiah 1.5 says this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Can I say that again? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you, and I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, this new is not just knowledge beforehand, but connected with consecrated and appointed. So you get this? God knew Jeremiah in the sense that he chose him to be a prophet. That's what we mean when we talk about foreknowledge. That if you are a believer in God, God in his sovereignty, before the world was created, he chose you and he set his affections on you for salvation. Now let me stop before we go to the rest of these. I don't think you understand what I'm doing here. What Paul is doing, he's trying to say, you may be going through trials, you may be going through suffering, and you may think that God has left you, and you may think that you're lost forever, but this unbreakable golden chain of redemption is showing you that God's got you. He's not left you. He set his affection on you before the foundation of the world, and he's going to finish his work and complete it. So let's move on from foreknew and look at predestined. Look at verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. That's a big word, predestination. We like to talk about that word a lot. And like, like what does predestination even mean? Well, the idea behind predestination is that in God's plan, God determined your destiny before the creation of this world. And in this case, we're talking about the destiny of salvation. Not only have you been predestined for salvation, but the Bible tells us you've been predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Look once again at verse 29. He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son so that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. The idea of Jesus being the firstborn is that He is the preeminent Son. 
And this implies that there will be other children who are saved and conform to the image of Jesus Christ. So those who God has foreknew, set his affections on, he has determined their destiny for salvation, which means that even before the world was created, God zeroed in with his affections on you, and he chose you, and he determined that you would know him and be conformed to the image of his son. Now, this is all the stuff that's happening before the foundation of the world. But what about when you were finally born and you were living your life and you were not yet a Christian? How did that all come about? Next word, verse 30. And those whom he predestined, he also called. What does the word call mean? This is not a reference to the, the general gospel call that goes out to the world. This is a reference to God's calling in your life. There came a time when you heard the gospel. You heard about Jesus living the perfect life, dying on the cross, buried, and rose again. You heard the gospel for your sins. And at that time, God's work of calling you was stirring you up, changing your heart, working your mind, where to a point, it's something that's been called the effectual calling in a sense that those who've been foreknown, predestined, will respond in faith. And at that moment of time, I don't know if you were 6, 16, 60, you put your faith in Jesus Christ because the links of the golden chain began before the foundation of the world and whatever point in your life, God woke you up and you believed. And my brothers and sisters, you're sitting here right now because God awakened you to believe. It's an absolute miracle. And the golden chain is going to hold on down to the next link. Look at the next link. Verse 30. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. Justified. One of the things that I, I try to press on as I meet with a three uh, teenagers and we talk about the Word of God is this idea of justification where God declares a sinner righteous in the eyes of the Father. That somehow on the cross, the wrath of God is on Jesus instead of you. Jesus gets your sin and you get His righteousness and by faith in Christ, you are justified. You are forgiven, forgiven of your sin and declared perfectly righteous. And we know that that was going to happen because the foundation of the world, you've been foreknown, predestined, called, and now justified. Now, this last part is really going to blow you away. The last link in the chain is going to blow you away because look at verse 30. Verse 30 again. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Did you, did you see that? You might want to underline that and you can put a question mark by it and you say, why is that uh, something in the future? He's making it sound like it's happening right now. He did work in you and he says he's also glorified. What? It should say, and we will be glorified, right? That's what it should say. But see, this golden chain of redemption is so sure, no matter it's going to happen, that Paul speaks in terms of this is a done deal. Those of you who have put your faith in Jesus Christ will be glorified. And Paul views it as such a done deal. He says he also glorified, which means that one day you will be with Christ. 
You'll have a, a brand new glorified body. You'll be free from the presence of sin and you will live with him forever. And the reason why this whole chain of redemption is important is because when you're going through trials, you may think that God has abandoned you. And yet the truth is that before the foundation of the world, God set his affection on you. He foreknowledge. He knew you. He predestined you to salvation. During your life, he called you and woke you up. He justified you and declared you righteous. And it's such a done deal. The golden chain of redemption will not be broken. You will be glorified no matter what. It's a done deal. And you need to know this, that when you're going through trials, God has not left you. He's got you. He has a plan, and he's working the plan that started since the foundation of the world on into eternity. My brothers and sisters, the encouragement for you here this morning is that you need to know that God the Holy Spirit is praying on your behalf when you don't know how to pray. God is working for your good in his providence, and God has this wonderful plan that he began since the foundation of the world. And you may not be going through trials right now, but you need to know that hard times will be coming. They will be on the horizon, on the horizon, and you have to know these truths. So I want to end by telling you a story. I want to tell you about a friend of mine. A friend of mine from my, my last church. He's, he's my age. Just minding his own business, going to work. He's a great programmer, married to a wife, two beautiful daughters. My age, probably about six, seven years ago, he was a faithful member of the church. He headed up our missions committee. Well, one day he ended up in the hospital, and he stayed in the hospital for 21 days. And you know, that's a long time to stay in the hospital. Uh, he was in ICU for several days. It, everything seemed very life-threatening. And they kept running test after test after test, and it came back inconclusive. And he was eventually released without ever knowing what happened. And he came and talked to me. I saw him in the hospital. And it's almost like that God was using that trial to just wake him up in big ways. He doesn't know all that he, why he went through it, but he started to see that God used that trial to make him more like Christ. He started to pray more. He started to get in the Word more. He started to have greater compassion for those who are suffering. And one of the coolest things is that he and his wife started memorizing so many passages of the Bible. I would hand them verses to memorize, and then they would just memorize them all. In fact, they're memorizing so much, I was encouraged by them. I had him write an endorsement for our book. Here is a guy that was following the Lord. God did some stuff in his life, brought some trials, and it just kind of catalyzed him to grow and grow even more. He doesn't know all the reasons why God did it, but God was working for his good. And there may be some stuff you're going through right now, and you don't know why it's happening. You don't know why the suffering is hitting. Just know the Holy Spirit is praying for you, and God answers the prayers of God. And just know that God is working for your good, and all the work that he started in you, you need to know for sure, 100%, he will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus when you will be glorified. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. 
You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.